0: What's going on everybody, this is your host Jimmy Lamb, back with another edition of the Stoop Podcast. I was frantically searching for a sparring partner here for the beginning of this podcast. We recorded this, actually Monday night, our segments with uh, Dan Mamajama and uh, my brother 84 Footwork, we recorded those segments Monday night, but some big time news broke here Tuesday night as I'm chopping this up, the Jalen Ramsey deal took place, which uh, if anyone listens to the podcast, you guys know we're big Eagles fans. We were obviously pushing for the Philadelphia Eagles and Howie Roseman to make a big splash as they've been known to do in years of late. Last year, there was the Golden Tate trade for a third round pick, which was much maligned. And then the year before... Was the Jay Ajaye trade, which um, ultimately led to a Super Bowl victory. I'm not sure if that was really the catalyst, but it was certainly a big piece of that. We needed the jump, the jolt from the running game. This time we see Jalen Ramsey go to the Los Angeles Rams for two first round picks and a fourth round pick, it sounds like, according to reports. We knew something was up. I was actually trading texts with a fellow Eagles superfan. He pointed out that as soon as the Rams made that play with uh, Marcus Peters, they traded him off to the Baltimore Ravens. You knew something was up. And then shortly afterwards, the Jalen Ramsey contract, uh, or excuse me, the the deal was announced. I got to be honest with you guys. I've had some bourbon, so I'm sorting through my thoughts emotionally, the way everyone should, the way every rational football fan should, I'm my immediate reaction is uh, I'm disappointed in my Philadelphia Eagles because I think if you look at their past draft, uh, their past draft moves it leaves a lot to be desired because I'm going to read you guys out some of the picks that they've made. This uh, Trey Thomas actually tweeted this out. So the past two first-round picks that they've made, again, Jalen Ramsey was traded for two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick. The last two first-round picks that we've made, Andre Dillard and Derek Barnett, and our last three fourth-round picks were Sharif Miller, Josh Schwett, and Mac Hollins. And uh, Donald Pumphrey, I'll throw that in there as well. So... I, I don't know if you if you're saying to me that that's too much compensation for me. I think that's uh, borderline ridiculous. I think I think that's relatively light to be giving up for a player of Jalen Ramsey's caliber. Now I know Brian Baldinger actually tweeted this out. I know Jalen Ramsey's play has been sporadic this year in particular. I know he's been a polarizing figure, but. Honestly, you're looking at him as potentially a completion piece, right? You have a core, a championship core that is ready to contend, a roster that is getting older. When you look at the offensive and the defensive personnel there, both sides of the football, you're having uh, your, 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 your guys, your core guys are getting older, especially that offensive and defensive lines. So I think that would have been a hell of a play there to uh, to pick up Jalen Ramsey. You would have had to pay him for sure. You would have had to give him a a record-setting deal for a defensive back. But I think it would have been well worth the uh, well worth the investment there. So that's just that's just me for a team that hasn't really particularly drafted well here as of late. Uh, you look at the the past couple years of uh, of draft selections. Just coming from an Eagles fan, I'm disappointed that they didn't ultimately make the deal for Jalen Ramsey here. And if you look at it from the standpoint of the Rams, they've made certainly a, a huge investment here, as they're potentially slipping a little bit in the standings in terms of their division. Right? You look at the 49ers; they just lost a heavily uh, contested game there against them. You have the Seattle Seahawks who are making their play in the division. The Rams are certainly putting their money where their mouths are. They invested a a ton of money in Todd Gurley, right? A ton of money in Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball. They've made Jared Goff one of the highly paid quarterbacks of the league. And now they trade for Jalen Ramsey, give up a ton of draft capital to ultimately probably pay him a record-setting deal. So that's something that's certainly not insignificant. So they're they're going to be a top-heavy team. You know, it's going to be interesting how they fill out the rest of that roster, given the amount of money, the amount of assets that they've spent on the top half of that roster. So it'll be interesting. They actually cannot make a first-round draft selection in five straight drafts. So uh, that's something of note there for. The way the front office has set up Sean McVeigh and his staff to coach this team moving forward. A lot of investment and, um, in trades. Uh, they won't be making a draft selection in the first round for five straight drafts. So that's um, that's pretty significant here. I'm hoping that my words aren't slurred here too much. Again, I've had a decent amount of bourbon. The drink of choice here tonight was bullet on the rocks. What are you going to do? Alright, we have a great show for you guys. We have uh Dan Mamajama. He's back for another round of um of the End Around. So uh a lot of good stuff there for you guys. We have 84 footwork on again for the uh the segment Bring Your Playbook, getting all the football fans out there a little bit smarter, getting them a little bit more uh broad in their knowledge of the game. So that was exciting as well. So stick around for all that good stuff and more Stu Podcast. Here we go. I'm Stars be back by the afternoon. I put on some outfit if you like. I train them my nights with a superman cape and tights. I'll become a humanitarian and I'll give away my anything by then. I mean, my everything. I'll do whatever for them to like
1: me. Tell me why don't they like
0: me? Hey, hey, how, how, how you feeling, man? Good week of football.
1: You know what? I, this weekend, I did nothing but sit on the couch and watch football all uh, weekend. I didn't you go love out. It. I didn't do, I did nothing Excellent. and it was beautiful it was awesome how, it was
0: a great weekend did you uh how about how about the the weekend for the
1: gamblers did you do okay you know I went 2-0 my mortal locks oh, I did the best okay out the so yeah I um I picked uh Wisconsin to okay. beat Michigan State by 14 they beat them 38-0 oh good it, lord it was almost too easy you know you don't want it to be that easy you want to sweat a little bit yeah and then uh, I sweat out the uh, the Seahawks Browns game. I had the Seahawks minus two, and it, it didn't look good early.
0: Oh yeah, no, they uh, they came back and uh, beat the Browns, who were your fallers last week. They uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. Line of scrimmage that segues us perfectly, Dan. It's like you're a pro. I know. I know, it's like I
1: was born to do season, this. <laughs> season
0: vet, season vet. Our our line of scrimmage last week, I thought it would be fun to, and these are our rankings risers and fallers, right? I thought it would be fun to review last week, give a little look back. So last week you had the Browns as your faller, and uh, they they kept it up. <laughs> they lost to the Seahawks. They blew an early lead. They fell 32-28. to 28.
1: It's another yeah. chip. Yeah, you know, I was to be honest, the main reason I thought the Browns were were dropping so much was I was still a little bit skeptical on the 49ers. I didn't really know how good they were till this week. They proved to be legitimate. Um I'm going to let you handle that later, but you know, they came out to a, a really nice early lead. I was a little concerned, but um what that the one out. Seahawks Yeah, the Seahawks came back and won and it's it just they look sloppy. Yeah, you know they're making a lot of mistakes. They're tons of turnovers. Baker's really not playing well. He's not playing accurate at all. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if kitchens. They're really I,
0: struggling. I don't know if kitchens is it either. To be honest, we another another coach that um that is struggling a little bit. The Cowboys were my faller last week, and they just lost to the Jets twenty four twenty two. You really, and I can't. I cannot stress this enough. You hate
1: to see it. You really do. It's tough to see such a. a a franchise so loved. Did like you see? Did struggle so much.
0: <laughs> did you see the video of him trying to greet his players as they come off the field? I think they just made a defensive stop or something like that. He's looking for high fives and he gets not one. a
1: single one. Oh, not man. a single high five. He whiffed on not like, even a pity high five. He whiffed on like four straight guys. The other you would think. <laughs> hold on, one last thing. Like you would think <laughs> that like one the player in the very back that saw like three guys not high five him. You think he'd be like, "All right, man, I'll just give you a high five. He was like, "Nope." Dude, for me,
0: for me personally, I would I would have watched that video as, uh, if I was Jerry Jones, and I would have fired him on the spot because there's no, y- he's obviously lost the locker room. If you're missing on that many high fives, you've lost the locker room. There's no doubt about it. I don't want him fired. I, I, I don't, I don't want him fired. I think it's the, it's, 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 it's the greatest thing that that ever happened has ever happened to the Eagles. I love it. Yeah. So some of the other uh, the other the other picks that we had our risers were the Colts and the Raiders. Both of them had a buy. So uh, we don't get to see what they do after last week's wins. So this week, to jump into our line of scrimmage for this week, uh, who was your who was your faller there, Dan? We'll start with you.
1: So my faller this week was the Tennessee Titans. Oh geez, a big big donut on the weekend against the Denver Broncos, oh, who man. you know really not that good of a team. No. Um, so the Titans. Marcus Mariota, 7 for 18 for 63 yards and two interceptions. Got Yikes. benched for Ryan Tannehill. Um, that, that him and uh, Jameis Winston really not looking good as the one and two quarterbacks drafted in 2015. So, I, you know, Mariota, he's always had that excuse where um, he's just hurt. He has to stay on the field. But it looks like he's just not that good of a quarterback, which is shocking. I honestly really thought he was going to be a baller coming out of Oregon. Well, that's so, when,
0: and that's when all of us wanted uh, all of us wanted Chip Kelly. We were deep in Chip mania, and we wanted them to move up and draft Marcus Mariota. So it shows you how much we know as football fans.
1: Does it's, that make the Browns even worse? Because they lost to the Titans forty three to thirteen. Yeah, first game of the
0: year. Yeah, it's not it's not great. I mean, I don't I th- want to
1: bring this back to the Browns, but yeah, I just I think to
0: we, it. week to week it's just insane. You can't figure this stuff out. I mean, if I were if I were a betting man, I I, I would be playing in traffic by this point because I you
1: Just I, stay away from the Titans. That's what not, I would Yeah,
0: it's a lot of stay away teams, honestly, I think. So, yeah, it's it's all confusing to me. I mean, the other one uh the the, the my faller this week was the San Diego Chargers who are now 2 and 4. And they lost to Duck Hodges.
1: You can't lose to the duck. You can't lose to a guy named Duck. Duck Hodges,
0: twenty-four to seventeen, the
1: Steelers. It's insane to me. He didn't throw. He didn't duck. He didn't throw anything down the field the entire game. Well, he didn't want to throw ducks. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> nice they, one there. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's a dad joke. They uh, they call him Duck Hodges apparently because he is a world renowned duck caller. Am I getting that right?
1: Yeah, it's that's just a southern thing. I just there's a lot of things about the South I just don't understand. It's weird. It's weird I apologize shit. to any viewers down south, but I, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. The duck being a world class duck caller is one of them.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a strange one to me. They were scoreless through three quarters, man. The Chargers they lost four of their five last five games. And, and you know what? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Sorry, no, no, I, no. no. I, was, I was just gonna say it. With the talent that they have, I mean Keenan Allen is a really good player. Hunter Henry actually played well this week, and first got time it was like kind of like
0: a kind of like a breakout game for him.
1: I know he he just he just has to stay on the field if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Phil Rivers loves his tight ends, and as long as they can still you know move. Um Antonio Gates struggled with that later He's got late a, in his career. Yeah,
0: he had a he he needed a walker. They might guess what? Hunter Henry goes down again? Antonio Gates is coming right back out of retirement. You better believe it.
1: Oh, they're gonna bring him out of the retirement home.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: They're yeah. gonna pull him out of Mahjong game. <laughs>
0: hunter Hunter Henry went uh, eight for a hunter and, and two yards or two touchdowns. I don't know who had him in fantasy football, but congratulations to that guy.
1: Yeah, I, I actually I have him, and I've kept him on IR, but I didn't start him because I didn't think he'd be back. Ah, oh, that hurts. So, yeah. That hurts. Well, I mean, you're. Egg on my face.
0: You, you make a point because the Chargers have been riddled by the injury bug. I mean, Mike Pouncey is the latest, uh, and he was actually set to play against his brother who plays for the Steelers. We had two brother matchups against the Steelers. We had the Watt brothers, uh, Derek, yep. Derek Watt and TJ Watt. Uh, and then we had uh, Derek Watt, who's the fullback for the Chargers. And. TJ, of course, is a defensive end for the Steelers, and then uh, the Pouncey brothers. So, who
1: apparently, according yeah. to the NFL broadcast, mm-hmm. uh, TJ Watt is, De- is Derek's kid's favorite uncle. So, oh, interesting. Look at that. Sucks for JJ. Yeah, that was that sucks, was an entire. Sucks segment. to suck.
0: What's that tell you? <laughs> tells me JJ sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, one thing I never, I just assumed both Pouncey brothers played on the offensive line. When I saw Pouncey on the defense, I. I didn't understand what was going on.
0: Wait, I thought he did play. I did, thought he did play I think
1: he was line. on the defensive line, I thought, yesterday. Hold on. Let me see.
0: No, wait. No, 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 no. No, because they're no, they're both. They, they started at, right at Florida. They started together next to each other. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, you're, thought. You're, you're, you're 100%. Am I making
1: this up? Yeah, you're making shit up. I swear I saw this. You're making shit up. No, nope, it does say he's a center. Yeah, yeah you, I am yeah, making you, this
0: up. Yeah, they, I think they're actually both centers. I think I, yeah. think, I no, think that's what I thought. Yeah, they're both centers because they played at Florida. They one of them played guard, and then when one, when the other one graduated, the other one moved to center. So I yeah, think they just cut both this center.
1: part of the segment. Just cut this part of the. Segment. <laughs> I'm not cutting shit.
0: <laughs> but they've been getting killed by the injuries. You mentioned Hunter Henry, Mike Pouncey just hurt his neck. Melvin Ingram's been banged up. Justin Jackson, I think, missed this game. who's he's been pretty good uh, at running back there. Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, Thomas Davis, Virgil Green. It just doesn't. Stop, and they also shot themselves in the foot. They had eight penalties for 74 yards. Extended drives for the Steelers all game. So, you, I, I don't know, man. Not looking good. Two and four.
1: Yeah, it, with all that talent, and they were expected to really compete for the AFC this year. So, But, you know, they're definitely the, the team going down this week. This is typical Chargers, though. We're going to completely forget about this team. We're just gonna find out they win eight straight games and they'll lose in the AFC Wild Card game. Yeah, this happens. This happens all the time. We just completely forget about them. It's like, yeah, you're right. they just won eight straight.
0: Yeah, they they uh, they did that to, coming down the stretch last year. And I, I don't know if it, if this thing goes the other way, you got to think to yourself, you know, Philip Rivers is thirty seven, he's got twelve kids, he's got to at some point, you know, he wants to be a pastor in his post career life. At some point, he it might be time to move on here. You know,
1: yeah. No, he's getting old. He's got. A, he's got. He's commuting from San Diego. Give this guy a break. That it's such a tra- well, I don't. I don't blame him. I've been to San Diego. I would stay in San Diego if I were him.
0: <laughs> well, apparently, but, uh, all their fans are staying in San
1: Diego too. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you hear that? That um, the, the, ramp, stadium play, the, Rams? the stadium no, the stadium. No, they played the the Steelers uh, like fight song. Oh, really? Yeah, on the broadcast. That's yeah, embarrassing. That's weird, man. Um, it was equally
0: but, it was equally bad for the Rams and the Niners. We'll get to that in a second, but it was bad for the Rams-Niners too, for the Rams at home. L.A., yes. they should just not have, they shouldn't have one team, let alone two teams. I'm sorry, go ahead, though.
1: You no, know, I, I completely agree. It was a sea of red in L.A., but one just side note, like how much does it suck to be Philip Rivers' wife? Like, she's never not pregnant.
0: Dude, he's got swimmers. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he's got some swimmers, though. They They reproduce like, Catholic Rabbits, man. It's unbelievable to me. Unbelievable.
1: You know, if he wasn't playing in NFL, he could literally be a professional just sperm donor. Tie the, tie the
0: tubes. Tie the tubes,
1: man. I don't think he wants to. I think he's a religious guy, and I think he wants to have his own football team. I was about to say, he's got enough for a starting <laughs> starting lineup. Both sides of the ball. 20-35, uh, just starters for the LA Chargers. Just all Rivers kids. That's it. That's That's all it is. That's all it is. Who was
0: your, your riser this week?
1: Talk so to my riser of this week was the Houston Texans. Um, okay. They had a big win against the Kansas City Chiefs. Deshaun Watson is unreal.
0: Is he a top five quarterback, you think? Not to get, in the, not to get sidetracked too much, but do you think he's a top five quarterback? I think so. I think he's at least in the conversation.
1: Yeah, I think he's one of the top. Uh, he's an MVP candidate this year. I mean, year. it's like Mah- mean, it's
0: Mahomes. It's um, it's it's Watson. I think's right up there. Brady, Rodgers, um, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. I would say Carson Wentz is probably in the conversation, but I don't think he's there.
1: I agree. I mean, you'll get a lot of people that go back and forth on it, but if you look at just pure like QBR and statistics like that, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's great. But Deshaun Watson is playing unreal football right now. Even with an offensive line that just gets them pummeled every single week, yeah. Even the Texans, I mean, beating the Chiefs uh, is no in, in slouch. In Ca- so. Kansas City, too, right? Yeah, no, it's it's a big win for the Texans. I mean, they're four and two right now. They should be five and one. Do you remember that New Orleans game? Deshaun oh, yeah. Watson took him down that drive. Mm-hmm. They scored a touchdown, um, and they uh, the the Saints had you know yeah they came hit the they field to win the game. Yeah with like 45 seconds left. Mm-hmm. But that might've been text, one of the best
0: games of the year so far.
1: Oh, I think, it. I think it was, was that week one? Yeah. That was, was that the month? Week one of or two, week one? week
0: one or two, one of
1: one of those weeks. Yeah. Here, hold on. Let me actually look it up. Um, it was, it was week, it was week one. Um, yeah, it was a great game. So, yeah. I mean, Deshaun Watson's playing great. They have, um, yeah, Carlos Hyde, who's actually playing really good football after being bounced around the last couple of years. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute beast. They got Will Fuller to spread the spread the defense, which is something we, we desperately the Eagles need. Yeah. But um,
0: and and they have Kenny Stills to do the same thing. They have a lot of speed. Uh, they're doing it. The craziest thing we all slammed them for the Tunsil and Stills trade, and both of them are contributing. They're doing this all without a GM. Bill O'Brien's their GM. We all laughed at him they're sitting here at 5-1. I think a quarterback, good quarterback covers up a lot of warts, though.
1: Yeah, I mean Deshaun Watson is was a a great pick. Um so he's looking good for the for the Texans. Yeah. Okay,
0: so my my riser here was uh might be uh it's no surprise to anyone I think. Uh, it's the 49ers. And I think I think you said that I stole your pick here, right? Or or did I steal your your fall? You stole out? my
1: Chargers pick,
0: yeah. Uh, okay. So the 49ers they thumped the Rams. Nice uh, divisional foe there is 20 to is 20-7. They're now 5-0. and oh. They're running away from the uh, with the division. And uh, their defense, they're really doing it behind their defense. The Niners, the, I, I read this stat and I wanted to shout it out. The 49ers have recorded the best opponent QBR through week six of any team in their data set, in ESPN's data set, stretching all the way back to 2006. Their opponent QBR is 5.3 through week six. That's insane.
1: Is that, that seems, I don't know enough about the QBR, but that just seems really low.
0: It's, it's unbelievably low. It's unbelievably (laughs) low. And they're doing it behind a, uh, a defense that I think features a lot of like number one picks. And a lot of them that you forgot about, like Jimmy Ward and Solomon Thomas. These guys were ridiculed. They were almost run out of town in San Fran. And now they've come all the way back around. They've come full circle and they're actually making big, big time plays in more, of com- in more, I'd say, complementary roles, right? You have guys like Nick Bosa really leading the charge.
1: Yeah, Nick Bosa is having a phenomenal year. What a great draft pick by the 49ers. But yeah, you're right. Um, Solomon Thomas really struggled the first couple of years, but um, he's playing well. They got uh, Armstead on the defensive line as well, playing really well. Uh, Richard Sherman, although he gets burned a lot, but uh, he's a good veteran presence out there, which is really helpful. Was Jimmy Ward drafted by the 49ers? I think so. I think he was a first-round pick drafted by the 49ers, I believe. Okay. I do remember that he was a first-round draft pick. I just forget who he was drafted by, but yeah. I believe you.
0: Yeah, they had a they, they played really well. I mean, let's let's take a look. So on, on third and fourth downs, right, really the money, the money plays where you need to get off the field. Well, something that the Eagles actually do pretty well, get off the field usually. Uh, the Rams were o for 13 on third and fourth downs, including the big goal line stand later on, where the defensive coordinator had his veins popping out of his neck on the sideline. Did you see that video?
1: I did not. I'll have to take a look at it. Afterwards. Oh my
0: God, he's insane. He's first of all bald. Dude looked like he whooped, looked like he could whoop some ass. Actually, it was really interesting. Kyle Shanahan let the defensive coordinator. I think his name's. I don't know how to say his last name. Robert Sala. 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 Sally? I don't yeah, know. I'm not sure but he let him take the podium which is kind of abnormal.
1: Yeah, I mean that's so typical. I haven't seen the video but that's typical of a defensive coordinator. You want that out of your defensive coordinator. Oh yeah. You want his veins popping out. Yeah, that's he, a good defensive coordinator. You
0: you want that high school um football
1: uh weight room guy, you know? You don't yeah, you don't want a Rob Ryan who no. who that he's got 250 pounds just in his abs. Nah, that's not,
0: what you, that's not what you want. That's You don't want a kegger. You want a dude who, <laughs> who looks like, like a rabel type who could kick your ass probably.
1: You want a guy that can go out there and play defensive tackle and just mow guys down. Doesn't even need a helmet.
0: Yeah. So they are now the only unbeaten team next to the Patriots. And uh, uncoincidentally, I think, they are the two best defenses in the league by rating. So, And they did it all without a uh, friend of the pod, Mike McGlinchey. Who, who's been out, I think will be out till mid-season with an injury, and Joe Staley as well is also out. So both their tackles are that's out. That's pretty significant. they're still doing
1: it, right? Kinda, yeah, I think that's it's pretty good. significant. Yeah, so, no, good for them. Um, yeah, you have to have a balanced team if you're going to win in this league. Um, and uh, 49ers are showing they can do that. Jimmy G is playing well. He's managing the game. Yeah. Crazy. You know, it's crazy to think about that three years ago. You had Tom Brady, Jacoby Brissett. And Jimmy G on the same team together.
0: That's a great lead. Unbelievable. That's a great lead for our uh, for our scripted offense, which we're going to talk about a better, little bit. Every you're, week. you're getting so good at this. <laughs> so uh, that's our that's our line of scrimmage, our our rankings risers and fallers. So we're going to move on to bump and run. These are our smaller storylines that we've seen creep up here. We mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but Jameis Winston looks pedestrian. Uh, today, Bruce Arians said he's not
1: looking to make a change. Is that is that good news for you if you're a Bucks fan? I mean, it does. It, your backup is Blaine Gabbert. Like, you just have no options. Bruce Arians is like, what? Like, what am I supposed to do here? Is he the just,
0: backup over there, Blaine Gabbert?
1: Yeah, Blaine Gabbert's backup. Yeah. I mean, wow. what do you like? You know, the problem is Jameis does have some of those games where he actually looks like a, a legitimate first round pick, and then. You have the London game where he started the game with an interception and he ended the game with an interception.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's I don't know. I think the jury's out. I think I think uh, it's he's no good. I think I think it's time to maybe pull the plug on this experiment. I, I'm I'd be willing to bet that there are a lot of a lot of teams like that uh, who are going to make a change next year, and these guys are either going to be backing somebody up somewhere with a young quarterback, something like that, or, I don't know, maybe a team's going to roll the dice and have, you know, Jameis come in. Maybe he's a stopgap guy.
1: Yeah, you know, the thing is, there's so many teams, it seems like, that actually do need quarterbacks. There's only so many quarterbacks coming out of college this year that um, are legitimate, so it's, who's going to get them? Um, that's going to be the hard part for the Bucks is who you're going to get that's better than Jameis. Do you bring Fitzpatrick back in, Fitzmagic? Yeah. <laughs> I, if I were a Bucks fan, I, I, think, I think I had enough of Fitzmagic. Magic. One of the
0: quarterbacks that is coming out next year is uh, is Tua, and everybody yeah. is everybody is tanking for Tua at this point right now. Uh, ESPN, FPI say that the Finns have an eighty nine percent chance to get the top overall pick in the draft. The Bengals are the next highest at six point seven. Last year, the Cards had thirty three percent going uh chance through week six, which is crazy to think about that the fans already basically
1: wrap this up according to this metric. That is an absurd percentage chance to have the number one pick right after week six. <laughs> That's week we We're not even halfway through. Successful the year. tank job. Good job by the feds. Good job Although by you. Guys. I will say this. Five thirty eight predicts that they'll go two and fourteen this year. Who are the two teams that they're going to beat? Who could they know. possibly
0: beat right I now? I don't know. It's very complicated calculations on 538, but, dude, I I don't know, man.
1: You've got to throw those out the window. you just got to be like, they're going on 16. I mean, you
0: just had the 2 bowl happen, which might have been one of their best chances at a win, and the Dolphins came up victorious by coming up on the losing end. The Redskins uh, prevailed 17-16 to 16 over the Dolphins in the, in the tank bowl.
1: Yeah, you know— and it's it's different in football. Like I remember that I we're Philly guys, so we're always going to go revert back to oh, Philly. Sports, yeah, but Love going the back, to, yeah, going back to the Sixers process. TTP, I mean, baby. Yeah, I feel like it's it's easier to um, keep morale high. Yeah. On a smaller team, but I just I can't imagine what's going on in Miami. I mean, the good the positive news is that you're in Miami, so who cares? <laughs> so did you know that's how you have to look at it, honestly.
0: Did you know that the Sixers tanked for 72 seasons? Did you know that? Every time every time PTA, the PTI talks about their tank, they add another two seasons to it. It's
1: they're, crazy. They're yeah. like,
0: yo, the, the Sixers tanked for 10 seasons. It was three years, dude. It was, it was three <laughs> seasons. And every time you hear them, it's like, oh, they tanked for eight seasons. Did you know? They were doing this for 12 years. They were tanking 12 years.
1: I a, will say when we were in no in the middle of the tank sesh it did feel like 12 years. Oh, when it did feel like 12 years. Orleans Ner, Noel, Joel Okafor. Um It did feel like 12 years. That was that's tough. For sure. Thank God we're out of that.
0: Thank God. It's in the rear view. Now they look uh like uh like title contenders, maybe maybe title favorites, odds on favorites according to 538 again. So Yeah, no. Not like that. So, one uh, one situation, one saga that we're continuing to see play out through the media is uh, the saga of Antonio Brown. Apparently, he's guaranteed his signing bonus from the Patriots. Did
1: you know that? So, I read that article you sent me from The Athletic, yeah. and it sounds like he has a really good case. I mean, I was curious about that as well. When you get a signing bonus, uh, that is guaranteed. I think it's just, honestly, the Patriots just trying to find loopholes and um, – Robert Kraft just really doesn't want to pay Antonio, but I don't know. You know, the thing is, like, I'm not a big Antonio Brown guy, but the Patriots are just, a, a, in my mind, a scumbag organization. So I know that they're <laughs> going to try to do it. It's all how you really feel. Yeah, I just, I just don't like that organization. Uh, um, they, they, you're, you're not
0: wrong in that they could have waited a little bit until the, the whole thing played out before giving him a contract. They could have. They could have chilled on that, you know. Just give it a couple of weeks. You know that you have mutual interest. I guess that. I guess the thing was, he's going to get signed by somebody else, but I, I don't know.
1: I mean, he's got a case, and it is interesting timing that the whole. And I don't know what happened. Of course, you know I don't want to get involved, but it's interesting timing that the whole um, domestic you know, abuse or whatever it was case came out around the time when, Oh, you know, the it's Patriots very curiously cons-
0: timed. Very curiously yes. timed. Yeah. And
1: you haven't heard anything about it since I haven't heard anything.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know, but I'll tell or you what, I I did read those articles in depth and, um, it was some pretty scummy shit. I, I don't know. I don't know if you've read the articles, but uh, uh, some of the things that's being that are that are being alleged, alleged against, against Antonio Brown or, um, they're pretty. They're pretty damning. I mean, it's one one case. He basically he would he would hire a bunch of people and put them in really bad spots either by not paying them or being sex, sexually aggressive and inappropriate. Like one one scenario, he hired a woman to paint a mural in his house of himself, and um, he essentially stripped naked and was like parading himself around her. And then when she wasn't taking the bait, I think he kicked her out. Something, a lot of stuff like that. It's really weird, man.
1: Yeah, I'm in no way defending him. No, uh, no he's but, obviously not a not yeah. a good not a good human being. And I think that was part of the reason that he got kicked off the Patriots because he was con he had his friends or business associates contacting her, yeah, the painter.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was after the story came out. very, yeah. very strange. So anyway, he's uh, he's been campaigning to get his job back with the Patriots, like openly in the media. Which I, it's not going to happen, and and to be honest, I don't think anyone's going to sign this guy through the rest of the year. When it seems like at any point Goodell could drop the hammer and say that he's on the commissioner's exempt list and he can't play a down of football, and it's not really worth the headache or the bad PR to sign him and bring him in. I mean, if the Patriots signed him and couldn't really figure the situation out and he was acting out on the Patriots, then that's a pretty damning, pretty damning, uh, you know, condemnation. I, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's the main reason he hasn't been signed yet, though, is because of teams are uncertain if they bring him in, is Goodell going to put him on the exempt list? And then it's just a whole media fiasco that's not worth it. Yeah. Now, let me throw a hypothetical out there. Sure. The Eagles are struggling with their wide receivers. Uh, we have no downfield pass, threat. Would pass, you do it? Nah, not even for the minimum? Nah, pass.
0: I, I just I, – I, I don't know. It's just it, – Dude, he's really scummy. And I I yeah. think I think you have to draw I think you have to draw the line somewhere. And I, I just I, I think that's where my line's drawn. I mean, I can't I can't say if they sign him tomorrow, if I would I deep down in my gut, like would I be curious about how he looks in the field? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I would I would be pretty excited about the on the field prospect of that. Um but it'd be hard to rectify off the field.
1: Yeah, he'd be tough to root for, but yeah. There's no doubt that he'd make our team better, but yeah, no, you're right. You got to draw the line somewhere.
0: Got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. Speaking of drawing lines, where are you drawing the lines in your MVP uh, race here? It looks like Russell Wilson might be running away with this thing, but we also have McCaffrey is having an incredible season. Uh, We have Deshaun Watson. We talked about earlier today, might also be throwing his hat in the ring. You got Patrick Mahomes, who's. Always going to be a candidate with what he does in Kansas City? Where would you cap the odds right now as a betting man? Um, And I'm going to look up the odds as you're talking right now.
1: Yeah, look up the odds. I'd obviously say Russ Wilson is probably the favorite right now. Um, I watched a little bit of that game against the Browns. I mean, the way he extends plays and just finds a way to win is incredible. Um, They lost a lot of guys, and obviously with his big contract, they have to rely on a lot of rookies, but He's just making that – he makes that team so much better. I have the feeling that if Russ Wilson Russ, – yeah, Russ Wilson wasn't on the, the Seahawks that they would be a below 500 team. He, he's that good. Um, yeah. And I was skeptical of him even the first couple years because I thought the defense carried him. I thought he had a lot of weapons the running game, but he's, he's legit. Um, McCaffrey is a cheat code on yeah. the field. That's playing uh, – when you're playing create a player, you make a rookie and you play in rookie mode. That's that's what it is playing with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he's, he's killing it. He's killing it. You have – so, by the, by the way, the odds, I pulled them up here. Uh, you
0: have Deshaun Watson is sitting there plus 200. Um, you have uh, – I think Russell Wilson is – well, and I'm sorry. Russell Wilson is sitting there plus 200. He's the odds on favorite Ooh. right now. Mahomes is second behind him plus 250. Other uh people on the list here, you got Deshaun Watson is plus 400, and then as you get into the non-quarterback division, Christian McCaffrey 10 to 1, and then Brady 12 to 1, Aaron Rodgers 14 to 1. I don't know how the hell Aaron Rodgers is on there, but take that for what it's worth.
1: Yeah, it, thinking about it, Deshaun Watson 4 to 1. Um I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't If he just got to stay healthy. Don't the problem hate is it. his The problem is his offensive line. Is not that great, so he could get hurt at any moment. But that is four to one. That's pretty good for Deshaun Watson.
0: I think you'd be insane to take Christian McCaffrey at ten to one. Honestly, that this that there shouldn't even be. It should just be named the best quarterback because if anyone else is winning it, it's it's a sham.
1: Yeah, I agree. It sucks that that's the way the MVP vote goes. It almost always goes to the best quarterback. Well, I think
0: unofficially, it's become unofficially it's become best quarterback when the best team or sort of best season, whatever most valuable quarterback has become the MVP and most valuable player, non quarterback division, most outstanding performance, um, has become the offensive player of the year, which I think Christian McCaffrey, if I were to pull up odds for that, I'm sure Christian McCaffrey is very high.
1: He's gotta be, he's, he's having an incredible year. Yeah. Um, so,
0: yeah. All right. Let's, um, let's move into our, our media conversation here. This is our scripted offense. And uh, we were hinting at this earlier in the podcast. For us, it's going to be backup quarterback situations. I think Shefty actually s- spurred this on in my mind when he tweeted earlier today a picture of some of the records of some of the backup quarterbacks out there. And I think it's been the year of the backup quarterback. It might be the story of the season so far here. I'm just going to read you off some of the records here. All right. Kyle Allen has come in uh, for, the, for the Panthers there. He's played, played to a 4-0 starting record. You got Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves, come in. He's four and zero for the New Orleans uh, Saints. You got Jacoby Brissett. He's not really a backup quarterback coming into the season. He was though, and now he's at three and two. Gardner Minshew has been one of the stories of the of the young season here. He's two and three, and then you had the Jets combined with uh, Simeon and Falk. They went uh, they went and went zero for three. <laughs> starting that didn't look great when uh, Darnold was battling his spleen issue. Um, well, not the spleen issue, mono. he had mono, yeah, right. he, had, he had mono, which caused spleen. was kissing too much. Yeah. Good for him. One of us has to do it.
1: Nice.
0: Very nice. <laughs> Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges. They're now two and two combined chase Daniel. He's 0 and one. Um, I, I don't know. I, it seems like you really need a, a, a pretty full quarterback room these days to protect your season. No.
1: Yeah. I mean, look at. You know, going just very quickly going with the Eagles. I mean, look what they did when they I brought all, in. James. I'll
0: always look to the Eagles, man. Always
1: look to the Eagles. Tell, but they're the perfect example them. of this. They're yeah. the perfect example. Yeah. Um, when they originally brought Wentz in, they had still had Sam Bradford and they had Nick Foles, veteran presence mm-hmm. that helps him transition into the NFL. Yep. And, um, you know, the one I'm most surprised about this is Kyle Allen. I yeah. would have never expected that. I didn't know that much about him coming out of, College. Apparently, him and um, Kyler Murray played together at Texas A and M. Their freshman year. Yeah. But from actually, from what I've heard, is that Cam Newton has been very helpful to Kyle Allen, which is that I, kind I of veteran well. presence. Yeah. yeah. So, which is great by um great by him. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he's. Do you think he wears those crazy outfits? Um. Cam. In the QP room. Yeah. I don't know,
0: man. That's he wears some weird shit. He wears some weird shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I – Dude, I, I, uh, yeah, it's it, it's good to see a quarterback like that who is uh, helpful for the for the young the young kid coming in. Um, it's funny too. I mean, Kyle Allen was the third stringer coming into the season, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that uh, other guy, uh,
0: hanky or Hi- Hi- what was his name? Yeah, I know they I Taylor, know they, whatever uh, the hell his H-
1: name is, Heineke. Yeah, Heineke, maybe. Heineken? Yeah, and they cut him, I think, before the season started because they they like what they had out of Kyle Allen, and yeah. he's proven it, and. You know, especially seeing with the Jets, how much better they are with Sam Darnold at quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean, Cowboys think about team. how different.
1: Yeah, think about how different that the team would be if they had a, a backup that could actually play. You know, they might not be looking at one and four or one and five or whatever they're looking at. They could be looking at playoff contention. Um, so yeah. it, it I, makes a big difference. It makes it's worth huge, spending money.
0: Makes a huge difference. I mean, look at look at the you talked about the Eagles, right? Nick Foles. Went ten and three over two seasons uh, as the starter for the Philadelphia Eagles with Carson Wentz going down. One of which includes, and that includes playoffs, by the way. Um, one of which includes uh, the Super Bowl run, and he parlayed that into a massive contract with the Jags. So, and, and this is something that we've seen throughout throughout the league, stretching all the way back to uh, what stood out to me was the the Brett Favre days. When his backup was a very coveted role because typically you parlayed that into a more advantageous opportunity somewhere else. Look at you know Mark Brunell, right? Aaron Brooks, uh, Matt Hasselbeck, some of the guys who played behind uh, Brett Favre. I think of a situation like uh, like Steve Young and Joe Montana, where they had Montana entrenched as the starter, uh, and then you have Steve Young flame out in Tampa Bay. You know the 49ers, looking at sort of a you know opportunity there. They bring him in and groom him slowly. It's a little bit different these days where the quarterbacks play a lot younger, but I, I think that's always something that's interesting.
1: Well, and you know, there's I think there's a lot more depth now for quarterbacks. These quarterbacks are playing a lot longer. Sure. If you think about it, even journeymen, like Joe Flacco will eventually be a backup. Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. Case Keenum, these are all guys that can match up. Matt Schaub, yeah. and they're serviceable, and you know, especially if you have a young, really good quarterback, it it really helps to have a guy there that can help them transition into that role, learn how to study. It makes a big difference in that kind of. I guess it eases your mind when you have a backup that you can trust that can go in and keep the offense rolling.
0: Yeah. It's interesting to me that there's such a wide variety of ways to do this. Like you, you, we talked about the Eagles where they just flood the position with assets. Foles, Wentz, Bradford, eventually they wound up trading Bradford for a number one pick because they were so deep and they were able to get whatever they could out of Minnesota that year. I I look back at uh, the Seahawks when they originally had drafted Russell Wilson. I think he was what a six round draft pick and they actually signed Matt Flynn to be their starter. They gave him a pretty massive contract which had an out after a certain period of time. You also they brought in Tavares Jackson from the Vikings, I think. Yeah. After he was uh, he was a pretty good prospect there. So they, they they dedicated a lot of assets there. All three of them battled for the position in camp and Russell Wilson turns out to be the starter and the rest is history. So, so yeah, there's a, a I variety of ways Wilson to do it. Wilson was a
1: third-round pick. Yeah. He was a third-round pick. Okay, sorry, third-round pick. I got a little excited. No, 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 I don't blame you. Um, you know what's crazy? Matt Flynn, how much money did he make from that one game against the Detroit Lions where he had 400 passing runs?
0: Yeah, yeah, looking at the... the we got the Lions playing the Packers right now as we record this. That's um, pretty insane that he, he played that one big game and look what happened. I mean, a lot of... Uh, I, I have this jotted down in the show notes. A lot of Brady's... Uh, relief pitchers did the same thing you know
1: yeah I mean you have Matt Castle on here who actually came in in relief and played really well Brian Hoyer's still in the league I think he's backing up Jacoby Brissett in Indianapolis now yeah look Ryan, Ryan Mallett who didn't deserve any more chances but got stayed in the league a lot longer than he should have been
0: only reason because he was coached by Bill Ch- Belichick by the way there's no there's no doubt about it
1: Oh, 100%. And then then he goes to Houston with a Bill Belichick
0: uh, disciple with Bill O'Brien.
1: Yeah, and he sucked. And then he ended up with the Ravens as well. And he just – he actually played – he started some games and then – He was really tall though, Dan. He was tall. Did you know that? (laughs) Yeah. He had a lot of height. And he had
0: a big arm. Can't can't teach height. And then you had had Jimmy G who played two games – just two games. That's all. And I think he, he might have also played uh, one like Week Seventeen game or something like that. And um, he was a second round pick with the Pats, and then they traded him off to uh, San Fran. And then Jacoby Brissett, same deal. They shipped him out to Indy when Indy yes. was Indy was desperate for a quarterback because
1: uh, Andrew Luck went down. So yeah, but he was on the team last year, I think. Oh no, you, you're talking about when they first brought him in. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, also another guy who really. Had two good games, one against the Patriots, and got a huge contract out of it. Brock Osweiler.
0: Yeah, he signed a
1: massive, like seventy million dollar contract with the Texans Mm -hmm. after that one year with the Broncos. Um, And you know, obviously, he stinks.
0: But 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 you but you actually make a good point because they made that they made that shitty deal with the Brock with Brock Osweiler, and by all by all accounts, like one of the worst contracts. Awful you'll, you'll see ever. And, um, but they didn't give up, you know, they kept chucking assets at the position and eventually they drafted their quarterback of the future with, uh, with Deshaun Watson. Like you look at a team like the Redskins, it's not working out for them this year, but they have, you know, a, a journeyman backup and Colt McCoy. You have the young guy, uh, Dwayne Haskins, yep. uh, as sort of a, you know, a, a guy with a lot of potential. And then you have uh case Keenum, who's Now played for a couple of different teams. It really, really worked in one spot. Hasn't worked in a couple of others, but I I I buy into the idea of throwing a lot of assets at a position and seeing what works.
1: I mean, especially when going into training camp, just give a couple guys a chance. Competition is really good. Competition, absolutely. Competition. I think that makes these guys better. No. Also, what is. Question: Now that you brought up the Redskins, what's Alex Smith's deal? Is he just—is he still on the Redskins, or is he done? It's a great question. I—I I, think—I
0: uh, think his knee was ripped to shreds in five different ways, so I—I I don't know. I think he, um, yeah, he's not playing anytime soon. I, I don't know if he's done for sure. I, I, maybe he gets released. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I was just curious about that, but no, I agree. Um, Serviceable guy. What, yeah. What do you think's gonna? Just sorry, this is a side topic. What do you no, think's gonna cool. happen with Dwayne Haskins?
0: I have no idea, man. I I um, I don't know. It sounds like they they're they're playing Case Keenum and Colt McCoy over him. So I, I
1: know he's got to be he's got to really be struggling back there, you know. Well, Jay Gruden didn't even want to coach him. He yeah. he just refused to play him. I mean, how bad? He must just not be picking anything up if. The Redskins Um, are that bad, and they're still not trying to see what they got with this guy.
0: Yeah, especially as you look around the league, and you, you know, we're talking about it now. They're playing quarterbacks younger and younger. We're seeing a lot of success with younger guys coming in, not really, you know, just throwing them to the Wolves and seeing how it works out. I think you, I don't know, more often nowadays, you can see a quarterback play a game, two, you know, five games, and then you kind of know what you
1: have with them, no? No, I think so. I mean, you know, at some point, it just it just comes out to, you know, you can do the playbook as much as you want. You can study, but either the guy can play or they can't. I mean—
0: That's what you see, and that's what we've seen with guys
1: like yeah. Blake
0: Bortles, uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, Jameis Winston we were talking about earlier. You know, like Jay Cutler was supposed to be putting it together for how many years? Like, at a certain point, either you have it or you don't, and you move on, you know?
1: Yeah, I think I think the worst is just holding on to those guys. Like you said, the Chicago Bears. How many years did they lose of a really good defense and some pre- and Matt Forte and some pretty and Alshon Jeffrey, just because they refused to give up on Jay Cutler. You yeah. got to c- cut ties. Oh, also one one last thing about young quarterbacks. Kyler Murray looks like he can actually play a little bit. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. That's two wins in a row now. Um they
0: had yeah i I, um you know i one thing i do think is um you know going back to my philosophy of just like throwing a a shit ton of assets at the position and seeing how it shakes out like i'm not against bringing some of these guys in in a second environment with a second set of coaches just as a you know a refresher occasionally like lightning may strike you know like occasionally you have these guys like you know, Rich Gannon, who, who figure it yeah. out late, late, late into their careers and everything clicks. And, you know, Kurt Warner was an example. Kurt Warner was about to wash out of the league. Had a lot of success. NFL Europe.
1: He yeah. played NFL Europe. Well,
0: so he had a lot of success earlier in his career after he was undrafted. He played in NFL Europe. Then he came over, won the Super Bowl with the Rams. And then he went and was a journeyman for a little while. Um, really didn't play well. Uh, played for the Giants. That didn't go well. Eventually wound up with the Cardinals. And wound up making it to a Super Bowl, had a
1: second life there, you know. Yeah, but he had a good team there. He had Larry Fitz in his prime and Quan yeah, Bold. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying though. Like maybe you could put them in the in a really perfect Ed situation, drink, yeah. perfect situation, perfect set of coaches, and lightning may strike. But I think you just need to give yourself a lot of options. Don't forget that they also drafted Matt Leinert there, you know. So they yeah. they brought in Kurt. They brought in Kurt Warner. But they also drafted Matt Lauer. At some point, they were playing some goofy two quarterback system. But they flooded the position, and they they let competition prevail and see what shook out.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think you, I think it's always good to have competition. Just bring a ton of guys in, and see see who prevails. I mean, you want to see you want your quarterback to be the alpha, and when they when there's a lot of competition, you really see who stands out and who takes over, and that's exactly what you want. Yeah. All right, I
0: think um, I think that does it for the scripted offense. What do you
1: think? Any last points? You good? No, I'm good. I'm good. That was fun. Yeah, that was,
0: that was fun. Um, so uh, coming up next here, we actually already recorded the conversation. I'm going to splice it in here. Um, bring your playbook with 84 footwork. A little bit of chalk talk here. All right, you ready to rock?
2: Yes, I am. Let me twirl my mustache first.
0: Yeah, twirl twirl that stash real quick. So this is week. This is week uh, 2 of you being on the uh, the podcast here with Bring Your Playbook. You're making the football fans out there a little bit smarter. You need a smarter mustache for smarter football fans.
2: Yeah, you're welcome because I'm in the middle of studying and you're making me come out and talk football. You're not so to, to, cl- to
0: to clarify, you're not studying football. You're studying other material. Correct. What's what's the material of the day? Since you no longer have drinks of choice, you're sober with all the study oh, no that you've Oh no, I do. Oh
2: no, I Oh okay.
0: Drink. Uh, drink of choice? You're making the mountains cold. Okay.
2: I've got a Coors light here. Okay. It's essential. That's it's essential.
0: Big. It's big. So what are you studying over there? Briefly. Dermatology. Dermatology.
2: The study of skin.
0: Okay. All right.
2: It's actually pretty interesting.
0: I'm sure. So I'm sure it, it is. is.
2: Did you watch my pimple pop today?
0: I did I did see your pimple pop on the Instagram. You didn't post that on 84 Footwork, though.
2: I did not. No, nobody knows uh, what I'm doing behind closed doors on the 84 could you? Site. Could
0: you imagine 84 Footwork? You got 33,000 followers. You're, pop, you're posting pimple popper videos <laughs> from your class.
2: I would definitely confuse a good <laughs> amount of people. Yeah, um, they do good stuff. But no, today was fun. They, they made this... Um, this this artifact or this this uh abscess out of this artificial skin with like they injected like lotion under this pad of Mm -hmm. fake skin and then it made this boil in which we were supposed to like incise and then drain and it was kind of cool but like i had a big i had a big boil big abscess and so when i poked that's the that's the video when i (laughs) when i punctured it it splattered everywhere and that apparently happens in the real world, which is kind of nuts. It's like, yeah, pull your hair back. Like, yeah, you can see the pim- the, the Pipple Popper videos on YouTube. You yeah, see that. Yeah, some of them splat. So you have to like gown up fully for these things. But it's fun. Or today was fun at least. So, anyhow.
0: Anyhow. So, uh y- okay. So par- sometimes sometimes uh, I hear feedback from my thing, but I think now I'm good. So I- I'll-, I'll be all right. I'll just cut that out. Um. <laughs> Alright, so last week we did what did we do last week? We did offensive subgroups, right? Yes. And this week we're going and diving deep into defensive coverages. I originally said defensive sub packages, you countered and said defensive coverage is a lot more interesting than defensive sub packages. So uh you're the you're the coach. You're the coach here. We're gonna we're gonna follow your lead on this one. So talk to me about about things like cover zero, cover one, cover two. It gets thrown out there a lot, particularly when you're watching the Philadelphia Eagles get ripped to shreds by Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs when every other play you're seeing a coverage bust in the in the uh, in the in the defensive backfield there. so talk talk to me about some of these coverages.
2: Sure. yeah, so I mean, it's based on a number system. Now, the interesting part is that this is not universal. Mm-hmm. This is not the same across all teams. We actually had a very different number system that I never fully understood. Interesting. What? <laughs> like we? But I'll, I'll run you through the traditional, what you will find in Madden and like basic playbooks, um, which is about the extent that I know the defense has. Yeah. Because I played on the other side of the ball. So, cover zero... Um, just means you have no safeties deep Your are man up and you're gonna bring some pressure mm-hmm. and you're saying my guys can cover your guys for about one second they're not gonna get beat quickly off the ball and let's try some things that's cover zero cover one is a little less pressure but a lot of pressure still because you just have one safety deep. so that's what the numbers are um are going to denote that how many safeties you have they're not safeties it could be anything it could realistically be corners or safety, so don't don't get in the habit of saying safety's deep. Yeah. Uh, so cover one would just be one player deep, usually a safety, and then man up the rest uh, throughout the um, uh, the rest of the field, and then bring in pressure. Cover two uh, would be a zone defense, and it would be two deep players that are playing halves of the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you split the field in halves. One guy gets one side. One guy gets the other side. Again traditionally it would be the safeties, but I'll talk in just a minute about how you can invert that. And uh, it might not end up being the safeties back there. So you will have the yeah. cover two, you will have a zone defense with two players deep playing half of the field. Unless, so three, unless,
0: unless yeah. of course you have the Tampa two, which was popular uh, popularized by Tony Dungy when he was coaching for Tampa Bay, where he would traditionally drop his middle linebacker into the middle of the field as the safeties split a little bit wider. So, the linebacker right. typically was a little bit more athletic, would drop, and all, they would almost be cover three back there, which you're about to talk about in a
2: second here. Right. So, cover three would be um, cover three. So, yeah, you would do that with an athletic uh, linebacker mm-hmm. in the middle of the field. Cover three would be third. Which, which, uh, I'm
0: sorry, which Deshaun Watson talked about a couple of weeks ago. Remember, he talked about Tampa Two. I think he, I think he was talking about it with the Falcons, right? They play a lot, play a lot of Tampa, Tampa Two in, uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, because they, Sorry, they
2: they have a they have a super athletic linebacker. Yeah, um, she's i blanking on his name. Deion Jones. yeah, Deion Jones. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so cut so that's off. a good cut. I mean, that's a, that's a good uh, variation to it. And then so to cover three would be thirds. Um, usually with your two corners, and and a, and one with of the your safeties. Corners. You, usually with your corners, but you can roll it though, but not always. And so let's talk about that for a second. Actually, you can. So if you have you if you're playing cover three with your two corners, mm-hmm. it's actually called sky. Right. Coverage. And if you have cover three and you play cover three with uh two safeties and one corner, it would be cloud coverage. Right. So those are the two terms that we've we've come up with. And typically if you have two of your safeties uh deep and you're in cloud coverage, you would roll that. So this is all about deception. You're not gonna literally you don't want to set up in with two deep safeties and say here I'm running I'm running uh, cover 2 and here come attack me that's how that's how, quarter, that's
0: how these corner that's how these these quarterbacks just rip you to shreds
2: exactly so you're it's all about rotation and that's why you'll see these cadences where there's the false cadence they try to get the defense to roll it's not necessarily all the time going to be I want to see if I can get the defensive line to jump which happens Aaron Rodgers. It's more for it's more for the rotation because some of these players are covering a large area of the field mm-hmm. because you're going from, let's say, one side of the field rolling all the way over to the other side of the field. You might get a little oh. bit of noise here. So some of these players are covering a large area of the field, so mm-hmm. they're going to start to move and start to rotate when that first cadence comes in. Right. And so that's what the defense is trying to pick off. That's going to tell the quarterback if he wants to hand the ball off, light his RPOs. That's going to tell the quarterback, uh, what he's going to do in those plays. So cover four now is quarters coverage, which the Eagles struggled with <laughs> mightily <allude laughs> yesterday. Uh, but it's funny, though, because I listened to McCloud talk on the radio today, and it seemed like he was saying uh, Rasul Douglas botched that one, and we talked about it, and he's going to be better next week. And so I'm not really sure what was that's going a, on That's a
0: he but said, she said, isn't it? It
2: was – McLeod zone. I guess he so. said, he
0: said, but yeah, it's uh that's, that's, that's tough. I saw the video. I, I sent you a breakdown of that from one of the guys from Eagles Twitter. Did you see that from BGN where he, he was talking, he was talking about how Rasul Douglas clearly expected help from the inside, which we all saw that in that play. Um, and he expected McLeod to actually follow the deep cross there. Um, so in that case, it would have been either Malcolm Jenkins, dropping back and providing that help in that case, or, you know, McLeod would have to get over the top. So it, it seems like maybe that was supposed to be jank. I don't
2: know. It was very confusing there, but Yeah. So that I mean that's traditional that's that's what quarter's coverage is. And then you have cover six, which is quarter quarter half. So now instead of three instead of thirds, you have one one quarter is occupied by safety cornerback, mm. one quarter occupied and then whole half of the field this is a little um, less
0: common though correct no a little more
2: common yeah yeah a little more common a little more common yeah it's be it's becoming very popular now because you have let's let's think of uh a lot of the times that it's more common in college football because of how wide the hash marks are mm-hmm. so if it, the ball's all the way on one side of the hash you can get away with quarter quarter half yeah i got you, you know you can uh, get away with that but if the ball's in the middle of the field so i guess in college, it's it's more popular for cover six, mm. and then finally you have cover seven, which is two man. So it's just it's usually two called two man. are usually usually yeah, usually safeties are deep. Two safeties are deep playing halves, and the rest is uh, is manned up. And that the, the Eagles will do that on third and deep, mm. um, and they. They got beat on that a couple times last year. <laughs> third and, and fifth, they get beat a lot. They 15. no matter what,
0: no matter what you're playing, they they're going to get beat. It doesn't matter.
2: This is true. This is true. They're struggling right now, and hopefully they figure it out. So that's. I mean, these are the basics. Um, we discussed role coverage a little bit, cloud and, and sky. We talked about that. Um, and then you have a lot of you, so, you know, teams like the blitz out of these looks as well, right? Like you have something
0: like cover three buzz. Where you know you're going to blitz some of your linebackers, you you could blitz safeties and roll coverage to to uh, cover the holes of there. Course. There's a lot of different variations of that, but I think typically, yes. typically a lot of the times when we talk about blitzing, we're talking about relying on man to man on the back end to uh, to really uh, cover up on the back end. But a lot of the times it'll be a zone blitz where you know you have zone behind them just to confuse the quarterback. You're rolling coverages that type of thing. Yeah, you
2: make a good point, and this is why I was frustrated watching the game yesterday. As a receiver, you have to have awareness of what kind of pressure is being brought on the quarterback. At the end of the game, there was cover zero, mm-hmm. full-on blitz. We're going to just guard everyone that's here, and we're going to blitz the rest of the players. Mm-hmm. It was actually a double-A gap blitz, mm-hmm. which Zimmer's known to, to run this double-A, double-A gap blitz right down the middle sure. off the center. And he brings pressure, and Kelsey can only pick up one. Carson has someone in his face in a half a second. As a receiver, you have to recognize that. You have to have your head on the swivel, and you're going to have to make an adjustment in your route and adapt to that and be looking for the ball. And nobody was looking for the ball. It's kind of frustrating. Um, But, you know, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbled yesterday. So so they so yeah you make a good point. There's a lot of blitz packages here, and you have to pay attention to that as a wide receiver.
0: And that would be and, a, and that would be that would be you breaking hot, right? We heard Deshaun Watson in one of his breakdowns talking about how hot he said hot you know was supposed to be hot there and, and didn't actually break off his yeah. route. He continued up the seam. That yeah. would be a hot a hot uh, route where you would you know recognize the blitz and basically vacate the spot that the that the person is um, is leaving. The de- the defender yeah. is leaving. You would fill yeah. that spot and, and have your head on a swivel looking for the ball.
2: Yeah, I mean, realistically, the, the quarterback should be picking up on that. Carson should have picked up on that. That was a very clear double-A cut blitz. They were showing it. They came, and he has to switch up that play to have maybe some quick action with a pick rub, mm-hmm. which I'll talk about now, which is a good segue into a pick rub, which is being run by basically every team now. Sure. You've had um, short down and distance where you're going to have that pressure that's being brought and You're having that man to man defense across the board. You're going to run a sort of like a pick in basketball where one guy rubs at the other guy at uh, the other defender and allows his allows that other receiver to free up and come inside mm-hmm. off of the pick, pick play. The, the refs are actually picking up. I, I know you know this now. The refs are picking up on it and calling it more and more and throwing the flag for it if it's if it's further than a yard downfield, they say,
0: and sometimes even if it's not further than a yard, uh, see. T.Y. Hilton in the game, I think, last week when the Colts played the Chiefs on Monday night. That was uh, a sketchy call right there. What are some other things that offenses are doing to recognize the coverage sort of pre-snap? I know you talked about before varying your snap count, right, where you wanted to, you know, you you, you go at a hard count to force the defense to show their hand as they try to anticipate your count. What are some other things that the
2: offense can do? The classic thing to do is to send a player in motion. Mm -hmm. And if it's, you know, this is to tell if it's zone or man. And so you would send a player typically from one side of the field to the other. Mm -hmm. And if the player is being followed by a defender, that would usually tell you that it's man defense. I would say that's 90% of the case in high school football, about 60% of the case now in in college football, and probably about 35% of the case now in the NFL. Mm -hmm. They're disguising these things now. I mean, I've, I've watched videos and breakdowns of a player literally being followed by a defender to the other side of the field, and then they just rotate and play zone. Yeah, cover two. And uh, it's cover just, two it's, a lot it's of it's the times, right? Yeah. Cover two. You just yeah. shift the player. Mm-hmm. It's, you're tricking You're tricking the, the quarterback into thinking he has an easy read, mm-hmm. and it's not so much the case. And then also you have combo coverages right so you have man-to-man defense on one side of the field Mm -hmm. and then you might have zone on the other side of the field so there's a lot of variations to the coverages it's not so black and white
0: yeah I I do feel like you know it's funny we're talking a lot about the Eagles because we're Eagles fans but I do feel like you know Swartz has run a very vanilla look and um, it would behoove them given the the lack of depth especially on the back end to vary their coverages is that something that teams with less talent you think do teams that can't rely so much on, you know, mano mono line up on the outside, bump and run, that type of thing?
2: You have to be unpredictable. Some of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL are just, you never know what to expect. They're going to rotate their players. They're going to trick you. Um, and, and it's fun watching some of these NFL teams do that. And it's just the, the uh, I guess it's the unpredictable nature that makes it so difficult to beat that kind of defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about before I get out of here and and, and um, move on with my study in here is I just talked about the pick-rub plays. And, and now what defenses are starting to do or have been doing for a while, actually, is this banjo coverage, this banjo concept, mm-hmm. which is essentially like a switch on defense in basketball. Yeah, it's like a pick-and-roll. It's guy, like a
0: pick-and-roll like pick switch defense.
2: Exactly. So um, – and it, worked, it works very well, uh, actually. Only a couple teams offensively have picked up on it and tried to counter that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you a quick story about Mule, uh, when I played at Muhlenberg. We ran the pick play. It was almost automatic. Short short down and distance, we were running the pick play. The, the beauty of it is you can have the inside guy pick the outside guy, or the outside guy can pick the inside guy. Mm-hmm. So it would be either way. So you never know what to expect and who's, who's hot on that. Uh, so we ran it probably about two or three times one practice. And so... We have, they, they say, uh, last play here. We're going to go goal line, um, see if the offense wins or the defense wins. You know, it's like a big competition thing. And so we go out on the perimeter. Sure enough, they call pick rub. And so I whisper to the outside guy, we're going to fake it. I'm going to come at you like I'm picking you. I'm going to go right back inside. And so, sure enough, the defender over the top of me is peeking out to the outside, waiting for the pick to happen. He loses sight of me. I go out for a couple steps, go right back inside, banging for the touchdown. So I think – and I watched the Packers do this once. So you have to – it's all about counterpunch. Yeah. You talked about it earlier. And that's – those are the best teams in the NFL, the teams that can counter. Yeah. You do something, I'm going to do something to counter it. And so uh, just wanted to tell that quick story. I love it. And I appreciate you having me on as always.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one thing that really interests me, and, and I guess we'll leave it with this is um, – and maybe we'll cover this cover this in another week. is the different types of route combi- concepts and combinations – that are targeted to beat these different types of coverages right there cover two zone beaters there are cover three zone beaters cover four same deal so some of the different concepts and some of the different counters that an offense can do to combat these different coverages is something that's really intriguing to me just as somebody who's fascinated by offensive minds so maybe that's maybe that's something we'll tackle in a later week put it on the board all right man i appreciate it good luck with the studies
2: all right i appreciate it man i'll talk to you all right see you
0: all right, we're back. It's going to be the install, which is going to be the look ahead to next week. Going to go pretty much rapid fire through this. Uh, Dan, any games catch your eye here for next week?
1: Um, yeah, a couple games. Uh, Vikings-Lions is going to be a really good game. The Vikings proved that they are a legitimate team. They shellacked the Eagles this weekend and the Lions are playing well. Uh last I checked the Lions were up 10-0. I don't know what's going on right. 13 right to now. 7.
0: 13 to 7 right now. 5 minutes left. Lions punting to the Green Bay Packers here. About 5 minutes left in the second half or in the first half.
1: Yeah, the Lions look good. Matt Stafford's playing well. Um so I think that's going to be a, a really good game. It's tough it's di- in- low key a tough division. Yeah, the, to, yeah, there's no bad teams in that division this year. Yeah. The Packers, Vikings, Bears, Bears might be the worst team. And the Bears have another good game. That's uh
0: that's against the Saints, three-point line for the Bears at home. Got Teddy Two Teddy Two
1: Gloves looking to win a fifth. That is shocking that the Bears are favored by 3 points at home.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. One of the games that I think will be uh really interesting for me selfishly will be the Sunday night game. With yep. the Birds at the Cowboys, open to two and a half here for Dallas at home.
1: Yeah, that's not surprising. That's normally what a home team gets. That means it's pretty much a toss-up game. But this is a big game for, for both teams. Both teams are struggling. The Cowboys just lost to the Jets. They're coming off a two-game losing streak. And the Eagles got be bad this week. Um, so this is a very important game for both teams. I do not want to be part of that Eagles team. With the media, if they lose to the Cowboys this week, do
0: the Eagles, uh, wait, uh, do, the, do they wear dark on the road? Uh, that's a dumb question. The Cowboys
1: always wear white at
0: home. That's what so, I thought. So, so either
1: we're green or
0: black. Yeah, I was about to say, you think we could get a blackout? That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, but they normally save those for the home games.
0: Dude, that would be all aw- that would be a blackout in Cowboys Stadium for the funeral. That would be height.
1: Oh, I didn't even think about the funeral. That'd be really nice. That'd be
0: a, that'd be a big uniform watch game for me personally.
1: Also, what, um, did you see Doug Peterson guaranteed victory this, this Sunday? Oh, I love it. I I, I, I like, I like the confidence too, but I, I would like them to stop talking so much and just prove it. I mean, how many times (laughs) are you going to look, how many weeks are you going to look at yourself in the mirror? Uh, You saw that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: love a nice look in the mirror, dude. Every week they're looking in the mirror. There's so much looking in the mirror these days. You talked about you talked about Kyler Murray earlier uh, playing pretty well. How about the Cardinals going into uh, New York playing Daniel Jones Daniel Dimes? Should be a good game?
1: Two rookie quarterbacks that are actually performing really well. that'll, be, top, a, that'll right? be a fun
0: game. That'll be a fun game one o'clock
1: yeah, I think I think it'll be good for these teams. Um, whoever wins this game, I think it'll be really good for the confidence of the quarterbacks. Um, so I think that'll just help the young quarterbacks, which, you know, I, I I obviously I'm not a Giants fan. I'm indifferent towards the Cardinals, but you know, I'm rooting for these guys. You know, good young quarterbacks in the NFL. It just it just helps the game, the parity. So yeah, uh, it'll
0: yeah, be good. I don't know. Raiders Packers might be fun too. With the Raiders going into Green Bay, I think uh, Raiders coming off a coming off a buy
1: there. Low key, a pretty good team. I don't know. It could be a good game. They were my riser last week, and they had a buy this week. So we'll see how legit they are. This and, week against the Packers, and it's in. I'm actually going to the game. Oh, look at that! Yeah, it sounds so. like you forgot there for a second. No, I know. I I compl- you just I remembered. Compl-
0: You're like, holy shit, I'm going to that game actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, you get me excited talking about the Eagles. I forget about everything else. But
0: <laughs> some of our other uh, two of our other risers over the past couple of weeks got yeah, Colts at home against the uh, against the Texans. So that'll be a fun divisional game right there. That'll be. Um, That'll be a tough one. Colts coming off a, uh, off a buy there. They're actually favored at home a point and a half, which is, I don't know, kind of generous given the, Texans. both teams,
1: both teams just beat the chiefs. So, um, Spicy yeah, it's,
0: stuff. Spicy.
1: That's a big divisional game there this weekend. That's going to be really important for later on.
0: Should be good. Should be good. A lot of fun stuff to watch, uh, watch this, uh, upcoming week. And, uh, I look forward to talking about it all with you afterwards. Dan, Tell us uh, a little bit more about your podcast, about your other podcast that you cheat on me with.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's uh it's called The Gambling Degenerates. We just do quick although they've been running a little longer past couple weeks, <laughs> That's what happens when you got four people on the podcast. <laughs> it, it gets tough. I know. Everyone's and everyone talks over each other. That's the hardest part, but Yeah. Yeah, it's we just do a couple picks every week. We do our mortal locks, one college pick, one NFL pick. Went two and zero this weekend. Not to brag. No, big no big deal. No big deal. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Would have won you money. Um, and then we we normally do picks for the bigger games. So it's fun. We keep it light. We're obviously you know we're not hardcore analysts in, but it's it's fun to talk about. We actually had a pretty interesting guest. Um this guy that graduated Providence College in twenty fifteen. He was working as an accountant, figured out an algorithm and is now a professional gambler. Uh, as investors and everything. So look at
0: that. Not bad at all. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's it was pretty it was a very interesting interview and uh hoping to get you on the pod. Oh uh, I'd, I'd be
0: on, I'd be honored. I'd be honored. Anytime, sometime soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're looking to have guests every week. Um, so we'll have to have you on soon. Let me know.
0: That shit, uh, I'll give you I'll give you some trash picks, man. There's a reason I don't gamble. Cause I'm trash. Alright, man. This was fun. Alright, thank you. Yeah, no, I had a lot of fun this week. Alright, brother. I'll talk to All you. I'll do to like me.